This is VOA News. Via remote, I'm Tommy McNeil. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has fired the head of the country's security service and its prosecutor general. He cited hundreds of criminal proceedings into treason and collaboration by people within their departments. He said Sunday that more than 60 employees of the prosecutor's office and the SBU have remained in the occupied territory and work against our state. He also said some links recorded between Ukrainian security forces and Russian special services raise very serious questions about their respective leaders. Earlier on Sunday, Russian missiles hit industrial facilities in the strategic city in southern Ukraine. Experts are investigating the site of a cargo plane crash in northern Greece that has killed eight crew members. They say they found no evidence of dangerous substances, but there is a lot of ordnance that the plane was carrying spread around in the crash site. The AN-12 cargo plane smashed into fields between the two Greek villages Saturday night, and officials said local farmers may not be able to work safely in those fields for now. Serbia's defense minister said Sunday that the plane was carrying tons of Serbian-made mortars to Bangladesh. Forensics experts at the site retrieved the remains. Aviation experts will not try to retrieve the plane's black boxes until the site is cleared by explosives experts. Pleas are piling up in Italy to persuade the Premier Mario Draghi to stay in office instead of resigning, as he tried to do last week after being let down uh, by a major coalition partner. Hundreds of mayors have written to Draghi in hopes he'll change his mind. Union leaders and industrialists who often uh, have exposing agendas or opposing agendas are united in wanting Draghi, the former European Central Bank chief, to keep governing. More at voanews.com. This is VOA News. A report says that nearly 400 law enforcement personnel rushed to a mass shooting that left 21 people dead at a Uvalde Elementary School in the state of Texas, but egregiously poor decision-making resulted in a chaotic scene that lasted more than an hour before the gunman was finally confronted and killed. It is uh, the first to criticize the uh, both state and federal law enforcement and not just local authorities in Uvalde, Texas, for the bewildering inaction at Robb Elementary School. The Texas House of Representatives report released to family members Sunday says the gunman fired approximately 142 rounds inside the building, and it is almost certain that 100 shots came before any officer entered. A hallway as surveillance video also was released Sunday showing a hesitant and haphazard tactical response. Drug Lord Rafael Cairo Quintero, uh, captured by Mexican forces, has been notified that a process to extradite him to the United States for murder of a DEA agent in 1985 and other crimes is beginning. A Mexican federal official who requested anonymity because he was not authorized to make statements confirmed Sunday to the Associated Press that the notification was made Saturday and took place virtually. Cairo Quintero is incarcerated in a high-security prison west of Mexico City. Captured on Friday, he is wanted in the United States for the torture and killing of DEA agent Enrique Kiki Camarena in 1985. Police say three people were fatally shot and two were injured at an Indiana mall after a man with a rifle opened fire in a food court and armed civilian shot and killed him. 
Greenwood Police Department Chief Jim Eisen says the man entered the Greenwood Park Mall on Sunday evening with a rifle and several magazines of ammunition and began firing in that food court. He says a legally armed 22-year-old man from nearby a county killed the man. He called the armed civilian a real hero, saying he stopped the shooter almost as soon as he began. The two injured victims are in stable condition. Firefighters battled wildfires raging out of control in both Spain and France, uh, including one whose flames reached two popular Atlantic beaches. Europe wilted under an unusually extreme heat wave on Sunday. So far, there have been no fire-related deaths in France or Spain, but authorities in Madrid have blamed soaring temperatures for hundreds of deaths. Two huge blazes in southwestern France have forced the evacuation of about 16,000 people. And dramatic images posted online, a wall of black smoke could be seen rolling toward the Atlantic on a stretch of Bordeaux's coast that is prized by surfers from around the world. There is more at voanews.com. Again, voanews.com. Via remote, I'm Tommy McNeil, VOA News. Today is Monday, July 18th, and this is VOA's International Edition. I am Chinedofo in Washington. Coming up in the next half hour, Russia orders its forces to step up operations as its missiles continue to strike Ukrainian cities. Kyiv says the latest bombardments have killed dozens of people in recent days. In this strike on an industrial plant in the central city of Dnipro, at least three people were killed and 15 injured. U.S. officials expressed concern about Turkey's planned offensive against Washington-backed Kurdish fighters. The Turkish army has, since the beginning of this month, begun sending signals it will move into northeast Syria and has moved military equipment into the region. And flash floods triggered by seasonal rains killed dozens in Sudan's western Darfur region. We'll have these stories and more next on International Edition. Stay tuned. Russia's defense ministry said on Saturday its forces will step up operations in Ukraine as missiles continue to strike Ukrainian cities far from the front line. Lucy Fielder of Reuters has more. Kyiv says the latest bombardments have killed dozens of people in recent days. In this strike on an industrial plant in the central city of Dnipro, at least three people were killed and 15 injured. More missiles hit the northeastern Kharkiv region killing three people, including a 70-year-old woman, according to the regional governor. Russia's defense ministry said in a statement that Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu had ordered military units to step up their operations to prevent strikes on eastern Ukraine and other territories controlled by Russia. It said Shoigu gave the order after listening to reports from generals at a command center. It wasn't clear from this footage provided by the ministry exactly when the meeting took place or whether they were in Ukraine at the time. Ukrainian rocket strikes using Western-supplied systems have destroyed more than 30 Russian military logistics centers in recent weeks and significantly reduced Russia's attacking potential, Ukraine said on Friday. In one of the deadliest Russian strikes of recent days, at least 23 people were killed on Thursday in a cruise missile strike on the city of Venezia, according to Kyiv. Moscow, which launched what it calls its special military operation against Ukraine in February, has repeatedly denied targeting civilian areas. That's Lucy Fielder of Reuters. 
The head of Britain's armed forces, Naval Admiral Tony Radakin, said in a BBC interview aired on Sunday that Russia is failing in Ukraine, but Moscow will continue to be a challenge for the West, quote, for a long time, unquote. Radakin said there was, quote, relatively stable regime, unquote, in Russia, despite Western sanctions, adding that the Russian president, quote, has been able to crush any opposition, unquote. So Russia started this invasion with the ambition to take the whole of Ukraine. Russia had the ambition to take the cities in the first 30 days. Russia had the ambition to, to create fractures and to apply pressure to NATO. This is Russia as a challenge to the world order. Russia is failing in all of those ambitions. Russia is a more diminished nation than it was at the beginning of February. And, and that's what Ukraine is seeing. I think it's definitely uh, psychological. These are not military targets. These are acts of terrorism. These are random events where President Putin is endorsing the taking out of civilians and creating civilian casualties. There will be war crime investigations. But, but what it reflects is how Russia is struggling, how Russia is not fighting a conventional war, how Russia is having to try to impose this psychological pressure. Some of the comments that he's not well or that actually surely somebody's going to, to assassinate him or take him out, I think they're, they're wishful thinking. For us as, as military professionals, we see a relatively stable regime in Russia. We see that President Putin has been able to quash any opposition. And then we see a hierarchy that is invested in President Putin. And so nobody at the top... Is, has got the motivation to challenge President Putin, and that is bleak. That's why the challenge of Russia is going to endure way beyond 2022 and 2023 and 2024. This is going to go on for a long time. That's head of Britain's armed forces, Navy Admiral Tony Radekin. U.S. officials said they are concerned about reports Turkey is planning a new offensive against U.S.-backed Syrian-backed Kurdish fighters. Civilians in the northern Syrian city of Kwamshi said they are worried as well. For VOA, Zana Omar fired this report from Syria. The Kurdish city of Kamishli has remained relatively safe during the 11-plus years of civil war in Syria. But that soon can change if Turkey begins a military operation it has been threatening for weeks now. The Turkish army has, since the beginning of this month, begun sending signals it will move into northeast Syria and has moved military equipment into the region. Turkey has been threatening to expand an existing 30-kilometer-deep security zone on the Syrian side of the Turkish border since late May. Some civilians told VOA they need to be prepared to flee their homes soon. Fear of another round of violence has crippled the city's economy. Civilians have turned to storing food and essential needs. U.S. senior officials have publicly expressed their strong opposition to Turkey's threats warning a new assault could help the Islamic State regain strength and threaten civilians. For Zana Umar in northeast Syria, Rakar Hussein, VOA News. U.S. President Joe Biden is back in Washington after meeting on Saturday with Arab leaders in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. While there, he laid out his vision for U.S. engagement in the Middle East to counter Iran and reasserted influence in the strategic competition against China and Russia. White House Bureau Chief Pasiwida Skuwara traveled with the president. Here's her report from Jeddah. Joe Biden chatting alongside Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, whose kingdom has a human rights record so poor, the U.S. president once called it a pariah. 
Agnes Kayamard, Secretary General of Amnesty International. What President Biden is doing is suggesting that human rights are cheap and can be bargained out for a range of other um, impact. Was re-engagement worth the criticism of the Saudi visit and a fist bump with the crown prince? Biden appears to think so, saying that Washington's pivot away from the Middle East was a mistake. We will not walk away and leave a vacuum to be filled by China, Russia, or Iran. We'll seek to build on this moment with active principal American leadership. At a summit in Jeddah, Biden and Arab leaders discussed energy security, but did not announce an increase in oil production to offset price hikes triggered by the war in Ukraine. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. The kingdom will play its role in this field as it has announced an increase in its production capacity to 13 million barrels per day. Thus, the kingdom will not have any additional capacity to increase production. Biden laid out the principles of U.S. engagement in the region, strengthening partnerships, supporting defense capabilities, deterring powers who seek to dominate through military action or jeopardize freedom of navigation. Biden praised the truce in Yemen between the Saudi-led coalition and Tehran-backed Houthis, vowing to reduce tensions and end conflicts where possible. He told the room full of men that the future belongs to countries where women can exercise equal rights and contribute to building stronger economies, resilient societies, and more modern and capable militaries. The U.S. announced $1 billion in food security assistance for the Middle East and North Africa as Washington launches its global infrastructure plan to counter China's Belt and Road Initiative. Biden also welcomed Gulf leaders' $3 billion pledge for the program. Patsy Widakuswara, VOA News, Jeddah. The World Meteorological Organization says scorching heat waves and wildfires raging in Portugal, Spain and France are forecast to worsen and spread to other parts of Europe in coming days. Lisa Schlein reports for VOA from Geneva. The United Kingdom already is wilting under record high temperatures. The UK Weather Service has issued an amber extreme heat warning for much of England and Wales. It forecasts exceptionally high temperatures above 35 degrees Celsius Sunday and Monday. In Portugal, where temperatures have reached highs of 46 degrees Celsius, red heat alerts, which warn people of life-threatening conditions, are in effect. Similar warnings are being issued in Spain and France. More than 20 wildfires have been reported in Portugal, western Spain, and southwest France. Lorenzo Labrador is a scientific officer in the World Meteorological Organization's Global Atmosphere Watch Program. He says the journal Nature Geoscience published a recent modeling study of the likely impact of the expansion of a high-pressure system over the Atlantic. He says the system, known as the Azores High, is leading to the driest conditions on the Iberian Peninsula in the last 1,000 years. It is worth pointing out that the high temperature, high temperature is, not only, is not the only adverse consequence of heat waves. The stable and stagnant atmosphere acts as a lid to trap atmospheric pollutants, including particulate matter, increasing their concentration closer to the surface. This results in a degradation of air quality and adverse health effects, particularly for vulnerable 
people. He notes more heat, abundant sunshine, and concentrations of certain atmospheric pollutants can lead to an increase of ozone near the Earth's surface. That, he says, has detrimental effects on people and plants. The World Health Organization reports air pollution is a major cause of premature death and disease and the single largest environmental health risk in Europe. It notes more than 300,000 people die prematurely from air pollution in Europe every year, with that number jumping to 7 million premature deaths globally. Labrador says heat waves are a natural phenomenon. As such, he says it is not easy to attribute any single high-pressure condition and heat wave event directly to climate change. But he adds the evidence points towards scorching, record-busting temperatures becoming more frequent and more devastating in the coming years. Lisa Schlein for VOA News, Geneva. In other news, the UN and aid agencies say flash floods triggered by seasonal torrential rains in Sudan's western Darfur region have killed at least 12 people, including children. The rains, which started late Friday, inundated more than 100 houses in the Kass locality in South Darfur province. The General Coordination for Refugees and Displaced in Darfur says the dead included a pregnant woman and two boys ages 2 and 8. The UN reported the deaths and said the agency and its partners were working provide humanitarian aid to affected communities. For more on this story and other breaking news, visit our website at voaafrica.com. Remember to connect with us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Search for VOA Africa. You're listening to VOA's International Edition. I am Chinedua Foy in Washington. Gunmen have attacked a checkpoint just 70 kilometers from Bamako, Mali's capital, leaving six dead. Observers say it's a sign of increasing insecurity in Mali, as the French army withdraws from the country and tensions rise between the UN and Mali's military government. Annie Rosenberg reports. Mali's security ministry posted on Facebook that Security Minister Daoud Ali Mohamedin visited the town of Zantigila, where the attack occurred Friday. The ministry said the six dead included three civilians and three members of the security forces. Zantigila is on the main road connecting Bamako with Segu, 240 kilometers to the north. Mali has been fighting an Islamist insurgency for a decade and has seen increasing insecurity in recent months in the center and north of the country, as the French army has gradually withdrawn from Mali following a breakdown in France-Mali relations and concerns about Mali working with Russian mercenaries. Tensions have also mounted in recent weeks between Mali's military government and the UN mission to Mali, MINUSMA, with Mali refusing to allow the UN to carry out human rights investigations as part of its mandate. Following the arrest of 49 soldiers from Ivory Coast who came to Mali as support for a UN contingent, the Malian government Thursday suspended all rotations of UN forces in the country until further notice. MINUSMA has supported the Malian army in maintaining security in much of the country since its creation in 2013. Attacks near Bamako, Mali's southern capital, are usually rare, but the security ministry also announced an attack in Fana, Mali, just 130 kilometers from Bamako, in June. Annie Reisenberg for VOA News, Bamako, Mali. Thank you, Annie. NASA stunned the world last week as it released the first detailed images from the James Webb Space Telescope. The five pictures provided a deep look into space and far into the past. Since light takes an extremely long time to travel, scientists are getting a glimpse at galaxies not as they look now, but as they did billions of years ago. Bob Dempsey is an astrophysicist and the former NASA flight director for manned space flights. VOA's Carol Van Dam asked Dempsey for his take on the web mission and what the new images mean for the world. 
galaxies are basically collections of millions or billions of its own stars. And what you've got going there is it's a, a number of galaxies that are very close to each other and are actually uh, interacting so that you can actually see some uh, uh, distortions that the gravity between the different ones are inducing in each other. Some of those galaxies are actually merging so that if you were to come back and look, if, if you feel like it, you know, say like a billion years, it'll look very different because these galaxies will have, uh, uh, some of them have collided and formed, um, you know, kind of maybe uh, irregular shaped uh, clusters of stars that are then, you know, interacting. And then over time, they'll evolve into something else. But it's it's just a, a an amazing picture of life of galaxies as they're kind of um, interacting. I mean, you would think uh, space is big. Galaxies are big. I mean, they tend to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of light years in, in size, which is, an, again, a large number that uh, a lot of people uh, might not be able to grasp. I mean, that's trillions and trillions of miles. But even then, they're close enough on a space scale that their, their gravitational pulls are, are pulling them together and uh, stripping stars from one, one of the galaxies to another, kind of a, a cosmic theft game. So it's a pretty interesting image. Is there anything you want to point out that I didn't ask you about? Well, uh, I studied stars like our sun, and we now know that there's, you know, 5,000 other planets out there, and we're still counting new ones every day. So the the images and the data of um, what's called WASP-96b, W-A-S-P-96b, that's a star where we know that there's a unusual planet orbiting around it. And the fact that they can easily measure water in its atmosphere, to me, uh, those data were the most amazing out of the uh, the release so far. I mean, I just, I mean, just thinking about the fact that there's another planet out there that we can see the water on, uh, and you know, there's thousands of them to look at. I think it's just going to be fascinating to see what we learn about each one of those planets. With water on another planet, with obviously leads to the next question, as many people have asked before, could that be that there's life on other planets? That's a good question. Um, we, or I should say a lot of scientists believe that water is fundamental to uh, the formation of life. And if you go with that and the fact that there's, you know, billions of stars with millions of planets around them, um, like I said, we already know there's 5,000, and if a lot of them have water, then the chances of life out there that we're familiar with, you know, seems to me relatively high. So I, I have to believe that there's other life out there. And I also, if I've learned anything as a scientist, I think sometimes the universe is more imaginative than we are. So when scientists say that um, life has to have water to form, I'm not sure that that's the only requirement. I think that's one we know for something that's familiar to us. So I think there's a good chance that there's a lot of different types of life out there. That's astrophysicist Bob Dempsey, the former NASA flight director for International Space Station, speaking with my colleague Carol Van Dam. This is Science in a Minute. A new paper in the journal Nature details the discovery of a pattern of strange and tenacious bursts of radio energy that last for about three seconds and then repeat every 0.2 seconds. The study authors identified these unusual signals as fast radio bursts, which normally only last for a couple of milliseconds. 
The pattern of these radio bursts is described as being similar to a beating heart, and the source of these signals could be a type of neutron star such as a radio pulsar or magnetar in a galaxy billions of light years away. Published in the journal Nature, the study was written by researchers at the Chime FRB Collaboration, McGill University in Canada, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and other institutions throughout the world. I'm VOA's Rick Pantaleo. Border Crossings. Join host Larry London. Larry London. On Border Crossings, VOA's only worldwide music request hour. Every weekday at 1500 Universal. Tune in for the biggest hits and amazing artists. Win prizes and get the latest news from exclusive celebrity interviews. Send your requests to Facebook at VOA Larry London. Twitter at Border Crossings or Instagram at Border Crossings VOA or call 202-619-2077 and have your favorite music played to the entire world. Ah. Don't miss Border Crossings every weekday at 1500 Universal only on The Voice of America. Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday at 2105 UTC, join me, Steve Miller, as I put the latest developments into a global context with interviews and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com slash flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player. And to all our VOA listeners, please note we have moved our programs to a new website, voaafrica.com, from voanews.com. There you will find all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com, and thanks for listening. has been international edition on the voice of america on behalf of the entire production team thank you so much for listening visit our website for in-depth coverage of world events and news 24 hours a day at voaafrica.com until next time i'm chino in washington wishing you a great day Next, an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government. Developing countries often lack the essential infrastructure to help navigate global shocks, like the recent COVID-19 pandemic. 
As a result, they feel the impacts more acutely and have a harder time recovering, explained President Joe Biden at the recent G7 summit in Germany. To mitigate such impacts, the G7 is launching the Partnership for Global Infrastructure and Investment. The United States will mobilize $200 billion in public and private capital over the next five years to invest in health, digital connectivity, gender equality and equity, climate and energy security. Under the category of health, the United States, its G7 partners, and the World Bank are investing in a new industrial-scale vaccine manufacturing facility in Senegal. When complete, it will have the potential to produce hundreds of millions of doses of vaccines annually. That's why the Digital Investment Program is mobilizing $335 million in investment capital for digital connectivity, infrastructure, and digital financial services that strengthen open, interoperable, reliable, inclusive, and secure digital ecosystems in emerging markets. The U.S. government also supported the bid by an American company, Subcom, for a $600 million contract to build a global subsea telecommunications cable. History has demonstrated that when women and girls are free to fully participate in society, there is a positive impact across their communities, said President Biden. The United States is committing $50 million over five years to the World Bank Global Child Care Incentive Fund. This public-private partnership, supported by several G7 partners, will help countries build infrastructure that makes it easier for women to participate equally in the labor force. In order to protect against climate change, it is vital to invest in clean energy projects. For example, the U.S. just facilitated a new partnership between two American firms and the government of Angola to invest $2 billion in building new solar projects in Angola. And in Romania, the American company NewScale Power will build a first-of-its-kind small modular reactor plant. This will help bring online zero-emission nuclear energy to Europe faster, more cheaply, and more efficiently. This isn't aid or charity, declared President Biden. It's an investment that will boost all of our economies, and it's a chance for us to share our positive vision for the future and let communities around the world see for themselves the concrete benefits of partnering with democracies. That was an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government. 